Marco has seen enough to make sure that Visser 1 is continuing to follow the plan, so he goes to, uh, you know, continue his part of the plan, potentially. He's looking for Axe, but he can't find him. Um, we also get this extremely upsetting line. Uh, it was unlikely the Visser would try to harm the two hork before she had been shown the way to the colony. Unlikely, but not impossible. She was armed, and I knew that Visser 1 was ruthless cruel. That she wore the face of my mother, the woman who had taught me about laughter, was a grotesque irony. And I die. Mm -hmm. um, I also like that, that there's the reiteration of the word ruthless after we got that unpacked earlier. And it's mm -hmm. like, he's correcting himself to cruel. Mm -hmm. Or like, needs to make it like, because he's like, he knows he's ruthless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about how it's brought up on numerous occasions that Marco heavily favors Eva in appearance. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, mmm. Look at it it's like the dark reflection. Like this is yeah. why we didn't need to see shitty Marco in the bad timeline. Mm-hmm. Because Vissa One as or Eva possessed by Vissa One is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we cry. Yep. Uh so Marco is flying back and forth between the Hork Bajir leading Visser 1 and Visser 3, who is receiving the report from his person who overheard the whole thing. Um, he can't find Axe anywhere. Um and he's uh realizing that it's getting time that he needs to like spring into action um he wonders out loud whether rachel and tobias have seen x rachel says no um and that marco says he was supposed to do his best to clear the area then rejoin us <clears throat> and rachel uh snipes plan not working out so well general um and here i think the the tensions you know, they flare, as they will frequently do between Rachel and Marco, right? Um, mm. Just get Visser 1 up that mountain. Face it, Marco, it's a fiasco. It's a total fiasco. We're dragging this woman up the mountain for what? It'd be so easy to just give her a shove off the trail. Shut up, Rachel, I yelled. Just shut up. Oh, yeah, you're common in control, Rachel taunted. Jake's gone, Cassie's gone, and the person running this mission is working on setting up his own mother? This is a waste of time. Marco, just fly off somewhere. Just get out of range so you don't have to see what I'm... Rachel, that's enough, Tobias said quietly. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Tobias never messes with Rachel. I think Rachel was shocked, too. Marco has enough load on his shoulders, Tobias said. I trust him. You trust him? You trust him? You just want Visser 1, Tobias said? Or do you want them both? We need this woman alive as bait. All the while, I could see Visser 1 scrambling over rocks climbing, hauling herself up by roots and low branches, and Tobias and Rachel were with her, one ahead, one behind. Yeah, this plan's worked out well so far, Rachel said, but she fell silent after that. I put her out of my mind. Besides, she was right. The plan was falling apart. I needed reinforcements. But they can't find Axe. Um, it's a bit of a plot hole where Axe is this whole time. Like, they don't ever get an explanation as to why Axe apparently just mm -hmm. fucked off for a while. 
I mean, I could make the, uh, what is it, the uh, doilist explanation. Mm -hmm. Like, he is not built for mountainous terrain. Mm -hmm. And while we know he also got the mountain goat morph, which then takes time to move between, like, deer aren't built for mountains. <laughs> Those skinny little legs and uh, upper body strength being somewhat in the negative modifiers. Mm -hmm. Like, I can understand why it might take Axe longer to get around. Or need to take a is like just he could be like literally just outside the edge of a, mm -hmm. a thought speak range the whole time. Just like that visual yeah. is just kind of amusing to me. Yeah, I think we're maybe meant to assume that he's just like like he has had to spend more time getting people out of the area than you would otherwise have expected. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, it's just something that isn't really brought up. It's just a plot contrivance. Um, yeah. So uh, Marcos uh, swoops back around to Visser 3, where there's a bit of a conversation happening between <laughs> Visser 3 and Chapman and one of the other uh, controllers. Um, where like Chapman is like, let's just kill her now. And Visser 3 is like, why? Because you are weak and tired? No! She's heading for the hork feud fugitives. I know it. Either to unite with them or to prove their existence to the Council of Thirteen and discredit me. I will have her and the hork fugitives. And Chapman's I just like... I love this chapter so much. It's, it's I good. I love Visser 3 in just like full-on skeletal mode. It's just... <laughs> I do like him basically going... Oh, yeah, like this guy, uh, the other person there, it's just mm -hmm. like, wow, man, it's so hard to believe that Hawkbashir could do a thing. <laughs> Avisa 3 is not in the mood. Mm -hmm. Like, immediately has, like, tail blades this guy's leg. Um, and the other guy's like, no, 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 I didn't mean a criticism. And Chapman's like, Avisa, uh, we need every man who can fire a weapon. Yeah, you're right. It'd be foolish to cut off his leg. And then probably cuts off the guy's arm. Yep. And she's like, oh, I'm going to leave you guys here and go up the mountain by myself because you will suck. <laughs> Carl, <laughs> that kills people. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I do. The notion of Vissa 3, like throwing a bit of a tag, just like, I hate you people. You're fucking mm -hmm. idiots. I'm going up the mountain by myself. Yeah. Keep up. Yep. It's just. Mm, this is some, like, Yzma in Emperor's New Groove just energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now I'm picturing just, like, Yzma and Kronk, but as Chapman and Visser 3. And let me tell you, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> Chapman, uh, pull the lever! Wrong lever! Wrong lever! Uh, Visser so 3 morphs some, like, weird land crab chameleon thing. It's a pretty sure. sick-sounding morph. Yeah. To be fair. Yep. It's like, it's a, what is it? The whole crabified carcination? Yeah, it's carcinization, like, it's, yeah. It's like a chameleon went through carcination. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. It's got, like, the eyes that can do the swiveling and some camouflage, but, like, many limbs. And Yeah. Yep. Uh, Marco goes to do his morphing that he needs to do. Um, he has a moment of freaking out. Um, uh, 
And then Axe is here. Um, and Axe is like, Marco, you're very badly located. Because <laughs> uh, a column of Hork-Bajiran taxons are coming up this way. Um, but Marco's morphing to the mountain goat. Um, Axe floats lower so he can hear. Uh, I discern that the arrival of these additional forces so early in the plan may have created an imbalance that will affect our plans in a negative way. Gee, do you think? I yelled. <laughs> we need reinforcements. You know some private army you can call? Because if you do, now would be the time! Uh, which was a sarcastic remark, but acts just as li just like leaves. <laughs> I love that this axe doesn't even say anything to Marco. He just yeah. fucks off because he gets an idea. I do, I do appreciate, like, is this axe not getting sarcasm? Is this axe just like, oh, idea. Okay. Oh, you need reinforcements? <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> I got you, bro. I got you, bro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, uh, and so Marco's just like, I can't fucking believe I found and lost axe in under a minute. I, what the fuck is happening? Uh, but he finishes morphing the mountain goat and is just like the description of him climbing up the cliff is incredible <laughs> truly he craves that mineral uh <laughs> <laughs> i hate myself for that joke <laughs> i don't i love you for that joke <laughs> um but uh yeah he's basically climbing up a sheer rock face as a as a goat it works um and uh, they he makes it up to the top of the mountain, um, and I might just read the next two chapters or three. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know, a, a hybrid, and they're yeah. powerful. Like, they are very powerful. So I'm just I'm just gonna sit back from the microphone and let Danielle do their thing. So. Yeah. Um. From the peak, the backside of the mountain extended almost flat toward the west. All I saw was a long slope that extended perhaps a quarter of a mile before seeming to be broken by the spine of a ridge. We had come up the east face, a nearly sheer drop. The southeast and northeast were no better. Sheer cliffs. A fatal fall in three directions. A fatal fall for a human. Or human controller. Nothing that looked remotely like a hidden valley. Nothing that looked remotely like a secret hork colony. But then that was to be expected. My mother's face appeared very suddenly above the rocks to the east. She was being pushed up from beneath. She clambered up, nearly exhausted. For a while, she just lay flat on her back, gasping and coughing. Rachel and Tobias rose up behind her. Then she rolled over and with sheer willpower made her body stand. Once again, I felt that strange pride. Even with Rachel and Tobias to help, it was an amazing accomplishment climbing this peak. A fitting end. The last exertion. The last effort. So easy for me now. I could throw my 300 pounds forward, lower my head, slam into her, send her flying, arms windmilling helplessly as she fell and fell and fell. The viscer would die. His helpless host, my mother, as well. Andalite? She panted. Of course, I said. Be so careful, Marco, I warned myself. This was to be Jake's role. He was to talk to her. She can't know who you are. But what did it matter now? It was over. It would end here. It would matter because knowing at last that we had tricked her, she might call my name. She might say Marco. Marco, don't let them kill me, Marco. I shuddered. I was lost. Her life would end here. So would mine, I now knew. How could I live? How could I live knowing? Well, 
and a lighter human or whatever you are behind that morph, you'd better know one thing. My loyal forces fill the sky. Betray me and you'll be blasted apart. We have a deal, I said blandly. Visser Three will soon join us. He will be alone, or nearly alone. The hork colony. I don't see any colony. Eric, I said privately. I hope you're here, dude. Then, in open thought speak. Not to get all Prince of Egypt on you, but... Behold! The ground of the western slope shimmered. Then it disappeared. Visser One actually jumped back. The valley appeared just before her feet. hork home, Rachel said, still playing her part. Below us, beneath impossibly steep cliff walls, a lush valley teemed with free hork -Bajir. I watched the sick, eager smile spread across my mother's beautiful face as Visser One peered into the valley below. Several young hork swung through the trees, playing a game of tag. Adult hork stripped bark from the trunks of the tall pines. I counted at least forty or fifty hork going about their daily routine. Okay, we fulfilled our end of the bargain, I muttered. Now it's up to Visser Three. She smiled, right at me. I know you. I know you, don't I? I am an Andalite warrior, that's all you need to know. No, Andalites don't make jokes, let alone human popular cultural references. No, you're a human, and... She searched her memory, rolling her eyes up. Someone I knew once, long ago maybe, but someone I knew. I froze, stiff, still. I wanted her to say my name. I'd given myself away. Deliberately. I wanted her to say my name. I wanted her to call out to me. To say, Marco, I love you. I miss you. I'm still your. Oh God, I had messed up. The plan. I'd ruined it just to hear her say my name. I'd been fooling myself. I couldn't do it. It's okay, Marco, a gentle voice said, but not my mom. Rachel. It's okay, man. It's okay. Then everything happened all at once. Visser 3 is here. Visser 3 is always here. Uh, he gloats about finding Visser 1 here with, at the edge of a free hork colony, um, chatting amiably with two free hork and an Andalite. Um, she says that her ships are here. He says his are here too. Um, they, there's some good Visser 1, Visser 3 bickering. Um, and, uh, Visser 1 calls out to her ships. Uh, she on like a cell phone. This is Visser 1, she said. Attack. Uh, yes, by all means, attack me, Visser 3 said with a laugh. My ships, too, are making a censor record, a record of the traitor, the former Visser 1, firing on loyal yurks. Uh, and then a huge fucking ship comes down, larger than Visser 3's blade ship. Uh, Visser 3 calls it a Nova-class empire ship, which says something that Visser 1 was able to get her hands on one of those. Uh, and a bunch of bug fighters. The blade ship is here. There's a bit of a tense moment where they're all kind of staring at each other, like all of these ships. Um, and, uh, Visser 3 calls her a traitor, lunges at her. Visser 1 draws a dragon beam. Um, and they, like, hurt each other. Um, a sizzling hole appeared in Visser Three's color-shifting shell. My mother screamed. She staggered and fell. Her clothes were stained red. No, I cried. I leaped, leaped at Visser Three, head down, horns ready. Marco, stop, Rachel cried. It's the plan. It has to happen. It has to happen. She has to. 
No! I slammed into the chameleon morph. It jerked back. Visser 3 staggered. Uh, three legs crumpled. Visser 1 fired. The shot missed Visser 3. It hit me. Searing pain. There was a neat semicircle of flesh gone from my haunch. I staggered, blinded and disoriented by the pain. Destroy the colony. The colony, my mother screamed into her communicator. Don't fire on Visser 3's ships. The colony. Kill them all. Kill them all. Pathetic attempt. You can't hope to conceal your treason, Visser 3 said. Draken cannon fire from above. Eric convincingly changes the hologram to be of Hork-Bajir dying. Um, but the Draken beams aren't just hitting, aren't actually hitting a valley. They are actually hitting a mountain peak. Uh, and the beams are breaking the peak and the ground shatters and shudders. And suddenly the ground was falling away, a crack in the very rock itself. A huge fissure opened up. I staggered to my feet, crippled by the pain of my wound. The fissure had separated us. Visser three, and now an army of rushing, eager hork controllers on one side. Rachel and Tobias trapped there with them. I was on the other side of the fissure. So was Visser one, my mother. We were alone. She stood with her back to the cliff, raging. Too late, Visser three. Too late to stop me. Then, calling into her communicator, detach a fighter to get me off this rock. Rachel and Tobias were back against their own dead drop. hork hemmed them in, attacking relentlessly. In seconds, it would be over. All over. My plan. Done. Failed. Rachel and Tobias would die. Visser 3 would live. And Visser 1? Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a bugfighter roaring out of the sky, rocketing down toward us. I turned to face her. Visser 1, the leader of the initial invasion of Earth. She stared at me. She moved to aim the weapon at me. I lowered my head and felt the power in my legs. It would be a hundred-foot drop. I love you, I whispered, and then I lunged. The boy, she whispered, amazed. It's the boy! I lunged. The dragon beam moved. Her finger tightened. Too slow. She was too slow. I would hit her a split second before she could fire. I would hit her with all the power I possessed, and she would fly backward into emptiness and... A flash of orange and black. It appeared over the lip of the cliff, so fast. The tiger hit me. Claws retracted. It hit me in my side and knocked me off my feet. Spinning, I saw the dragon weapon aimed right at me, following me, ready to fire. And then, from the sky, a bird dropped, wings folded back, talons out. It slashed at Visser One's face. She cried out. She clutched at bloody tracks on her cheeks. She staggered back. Mom! I cried. For a horrible, long moment, she teetered on the edge, fighting gravity. I leaped up, racing to grab her, pull her back, somehow save her. But the tiger wrapped a massive arm around me and held me down. She fell, disappeared from sight. No, 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 I cried. Hang on, Marco, Jake said. Hang on, man, hang on. He held me that way, pinned down. The strength of his tiger morph made my own strength insignificant. Hang on, Marco. Hang on, man. Dimly, as though I was watching an out-of-focus TV, I was aware that the battle raged on the opposite peak. I knew that more hork had joined the battle. I knew that an Andalite was leading them, that they were pushing back the tide of the Visser's troops. The free hork -Bajir. Axe had brought them from the real colony, miles away. In the battle, in the sky, a battle raged between the Empire ship and the Blade ship with its fighters. Not my problem anymore. Nothing was my problem. 
All I had to do was listen to the voice in my head saying, Hold on, Marco. Hold on, man. Hold on. So, you know. That happens. That happens. Uh, we cut to the last chapter, which is just Marco sitting at home, uh, staying in bed for most of the next week, telling his dad that he's sick, watching soap operas and Jerry Springer and old movies. He doesn't really remember how they got down off the mountain or made it home. He is dissociating hard. Uh, Jake came. Jake comes and sees Marco. He tells Marco uh, how they saw Visser 3 pulling in. Cassie had them go back to Roach Morph. Cassie made it all the way to Roach Morph and managed to survive. Jake made it halfway to Roach Morph and was like unconscious for almost two hours, um, at which point Cassie was finally able to wake him up uh, and convince him to demorph um, from his charred half-roach, half-person body. Um, Marco doesn't really care about this or about how Visser 3 escaped or about how the f free hork lost five of their people during the battle. Uh, he just doesn't, doesn't care. Rachel comes and visits him and announces that there's no body, that she searched everywhere for Visser 1, for Eva's body, and couldn't find it. Marco is just like, well, the Yerks cleaned up their mess, they destroyed the evidence, obviously, and Rachel's like, no, the Yerks drackened the corpses. There are burn marks all over that hill, but nothing down where your mother fell. The scene flashed back another channel on the TV, the My Mother Falling to Her Death show. I saw her flaw, fall slow motion. I saw the bugfighter roaring past. Could it have reached her? No, impossible. Nice try, Rachel, I said. She shrugged. I'm telling you what I saw. I wouldn't lie. Sure you would, I said. Pity. Charity. Make Marco feel better. No, because it won't make you feel better. It wouldn't be pity or charity. I wouldn't be doing you a favor. You've cried and yelled and hated yourself. It's bad, but if she's dead, at least it would be over. If she's alive... I didn't say anything. She sighed and got up to leave. She touched the doorknob and I said, Rachel? I was going to do it. Then I wasn't. I was trying to kill her and save her. What do you do? Do? What do you do when you have to make a decision and each choice is horrible? What would you do, Rachel, if it was your mom or dad or sisters? What would you do, Zena? Me? She sighed. I guess I'd hope that someone would come along and take that decision away from me. Like Jake did to me. Yeah. What if she isn't dead? What if she really did survive? Oh god, what if there's a next time? Rachel came back and sat beside me on the bed. She didn't hug me. Rachel's not a hugger. But she sat there with me. One battle at a time, Marco. One battle at a time. Not much of an answer, but the only answer I had. And that's the end of the book. Mm -hmm. And I die. I... Yep. It's... Much death. Much, much death. Um, much like at the end of 15, we have Rachel telling Marco, like, hey, I don't think she's actually dead. And him thinking that she's doing it out of pity 
the the whole scene on the mountaintop is tense and good and it feels like it's rolling towards a inevitable conclusion um i love the fact that he purposefully makes the prince of egypt reference in order to like purposefully not purposely to provoke her um and just just because he wants to hear her say his name and at the end when she does figure it out she doesn't say his name she just calls him the boy Uh, and Jake stopping Marco from doing something. Cassie having to do something. Yeah, Cassie. Cassie hitting Visser one, ostensibly to stop her from shooting Marco, but also like. She was real close to the edge. Mm-hmm. And God, just Jake preventing Marco from doing something that would that Marco has admitted would make him lose his humanity. Like he he mm-hmm. says it just a just above that. Um. Like it's already all over. I would have to do this, and I'm I'm done. I I mm-hmm. this is it for me. And I'm not entirely convinced he would stop. Uh, if he did charge at her to throw her off the cliff, I'm not convinced he would stop mm-hmm. at the edge. Yeah. And Jake, no, I feel that. stopping him from doing that, and just holding on to him. So that he he can keep that humanity. Yeah. And that he won't leave them. Yeah. He won't throw himself away doing what he thinks needs to be done. Yeah. To be flippant, I say to be flippant, to be light. This is some quality uh, for those of you shipping Jake Marco Cassie. Some it's more some good OT3 shit. Yeah, some good food for you guys. Because when I first read it, I was I assumed it was Tobias, and then I remembered no, no, because mm-hmm. Tobias and Rachel are in Hawk Bajir morph mm-hmm. fighting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh dang, oh dang, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, Cassie and Jake protecting Marco. Mm-hmm. Cassie making a decisive action because she didn't know necessarily she was going to have to be doing that. It's just clearly like Bird was going to be the fastest thing to get up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And it's like <sighs> they care about each other so much, these kids, and I die. Yep. I die. Yep. Yep. You also have to wonder, like, we know that Jake was there for Marco in the aftermath of um, Eva mm-hmm. dying. Mm-hmm. How many times has Jake held Marco like that? Oh, fuck. Being there for him. Yeah, you're welcome. This is where I am. You suffer with me. You did this. Hey, Jade. 
want to do a podcast about these kids' books. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sounds great. And now I'm here on a Sunday afternoon crying about it. It's good. <laughs> <sighs> and I love that it's Rachel that tells him, that comes to him in the, in the end. Because she doesn't coddle him. Yeah. Never has. Mm-hmm. And she points that out to him, just like, why would I do that? No, this is the shitty truth. The good truth. Yeah, it would suck if she was dead, but it would be done. Mm-hmm. And you can't help but wonder, mm, is this the Davidness of it all in the back of her head still? Mm. Almost certainly. Yeah. And so it's like, because he wouldn't believe it from anybody else either. No, absolutely not. Maybe from Tobias, but even then. Maybe. Maybe. Axe wouldn't think to do it. No. I also, like, I do like the note that it was only by going cockroach morph that Cassie was totally fine. And Mm -hmm. uh, the fridge horror, if Jake hadn't woken up and being dying like that. Yep. Horrifying. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, like, because we know how Jake operates and because we know Kevin Long, imagine like waking up in that state, needing to and freaking out, knowing that Marco, because he will follow the plan because he's Marco, just like, I need to get up there now before Marco has to do something that he shouldn't have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I also love, and I use the term love loosely, that they use the Disney villain death. One, because it's not necessarily a death, but two, Cassie just striking Vessa one, it's not the killing blow. Mm-hmm. Like you could say it's responsible, but it was like it was like the last tip to make gravity do mm-hmm. the work rest. Mm-hmm. It's a very one step removed way of doing the deed. Yeah. Which is a nice way to sort of help with the morality of it all in a kid's book. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they didn't actually kill her, you know. It was the pinwheeling of her own arms, very Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Like, uh-huh. well, you know, really it's their fault. Yeah, if she hadn't been trying to shoot Marco, Cassie probably wouldn't have done yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the... Mm-hmm. I I can't decide what I think about what Jake is thinking because he can't he can't in the moment think that she's going to survive. No. Uh and he's stopping Marco from going after her and in doing that he's partially ensuring her death and also preventing marco from going with her yeah um but also i think about this thing at the end like she's alive and she knows who marco is yeah and that is extremely dangerous Mm -hmm. 
And I wonder if Rachel told Jake this. My gut says no. Yeah. Or at least won't yet. She wanted yeah. to tell Marco first, if she tells Jake at all. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, even if she does tell Jake, Jake didn't hear, necessarily hear her saying, that he didn't hear necessarily the recognition. He does hear Marco call her mom, though. Suffering. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to me because they don't oh. all immediately go into hiding. No. So they don't necessarily act as if, you know, they, they're done, like their secret is, is done. Uh, maybe they are, like, maybe Jake just doesn't know. Maybe they're leaning on the Visser 1, Visser 3 rivalry and Visser 1 being, uh, kind of, a disgraced traitor. Yeah. But I think it's more likely that Jake just doesn't know that Rachel, and probably it was probably Rachel and Tobias went looking for the body and didn't find mm -hmm. it. And Rachel went and told Marco and they don't tell Jake. Uh, but I think it says something too that Marco Marco is so in his grief and he still just doesn't believe, he doesn't really believe Rachel, I don't think. He can't let himself believe Rachel. Mm. That he doesn't immediately start thinking of all the, like, oh no, she knows who we are. Yeah. In that, in that way, like, it's, he's protecting himself. By mm -hmm. not letting himself think about because then he has to go back to thinking about or yep. finding the clear white line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a truly excellent book. It really is. It's very good. It is peak Animorphs. I feel very impressed at this, like, by it was one of the ghost-written books. Mm -hmm. Like, the, um, she got so much right mm -hmm. about this series and really did add something really incredible to the, to the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good shit. It's incredibly good shit. <sighs> we should do our final questions this is one like the thing about this because we've talked about it a lot as we've gone through because there isn't lots of plot it is a short book not much happens it's just an emotional there's mm -hmm. emotional heft yeah to this one uh as far as rankings go i think the plot loses a couple points for just the plot contrivances that have to happen in order to make it, it work, yeah. to work but also like you don't 
really notice it while you're reading because no, everything is moving so fast. Yeah. Yes. It's very well paced and it's only when you have the time to reflect that you go, mm, hang on. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm like an eight. Yeah. Uh, characterization, I think, ten. is a ten. Yeah. Like, even the things that made us go, mm, feel very in character. Like, yeah. annoyed as we are by, like, the comments about the Hawkbajir and things like that, everybody felt up yes. there. Like, in character, compassion, like, like, everybody also had a moment where you were like, oh, yeah, I see this. This is, mm-hmm. this is great. Yeah. I, you got I a little don't... highlight for everybody. I think. Yeah. Maybe Cassie not so much, mm-hmm. but what she did felt very pivotal to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very frequently, especially in the ghost-written books, like you have one or two characters that kind of fall by the wayside because it's really hard to keep a focus on six characters. But mm-hmm. I feel like everybody, like you said, everybody gets not not even necessarily a spotlight, but everybody feels, nobody feels like a mm-hmm. cardboard cutout standing in the background. Yeah. I really do like that uh, the ghostwriter in this instance is relishing the opportunity to put like forward dynamics that we mm-hmm. either are very much usually background fodder, like yeah. Rachel and Marco bickering. Uh, mm-hmm. We so rarely see much Marco Tobias content before this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And seeing that so in the foreframe was really satisfying. Like, we've seen a lot of, obviously, Marco and Jake and um, lots of conversations between Marco and Cassie. And having mm-hmm. those two like removed for like most of that final act, yeah. Granted, we spent a lot of it because Marco is by himself, but still, it's yeah. very good getting to see dynamics in a way that we haven't seen them before, like what yeah. we get with Rachel and Marco, mm-hmm. or um, like we and- just haven't had to, had the opportunity to spend much time with. Yeah, and just the whole Marco acts to bias team. Yeah, I it love is it. I love phenomenal. It. I want. I I look forward to more of it. Um, mm-hmm. I like team headspace because I think they are all sort of very cerebral in their mm-hmm. own way, mm-hmm. uh, but can also fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, as I said before, like it's very team chaos energy that yeah. makes me Jade very happy. Um. And also the way the characters play off each other is interesting because we've said before, like, Axe's best relationships are with, I say best, the relationships Axe has with, we know obviously Tobias is Sean, but like, even without the shipping goggles on, the way Axe and Marco relate to each other, like, Mm -hmm. it is that kinship of finding another nerdy kid, like, Mm -hmm. just like, ah, I see, oh, you also slept through the boring lessons? my guy (laughs) and like there's just the there's always good energy there and getting to see them also i feel like getting to see axe doing like emotional support in a way Mm -hmm. that they're not he's not often given grace to in Mm -hmm. the books yeah it's very refreshing yeah yeah it's all very good the characterization is so on point uh Mm -hmm. likewise i think enjoyability is a 10 yeah or satisfaction Uh, i should say because i am wrecked (laughs) i feel ruined by this in the best way yeah uh 
One yes. for the angst gremlins. One for, for the sure. angst gremlins, absolutely. Danielle and I being angst gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> Hurt comfort say what? Mm-hmm. We know what we're about. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, what was your favorite part? That's really hard, I think, for this book. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there aren't any particularly, like, funny ha-ha bits. The dramatic scenes are very good and very well paced, but it because everything is so tight and condensed, it feels very hard to sort of like extract mm-hmm. an element. Mm-hmm. The visual of fucking Jake and Tiger Morph like just holding on to Marco mm-hmm. is probably going to stick with me for a really fucking long time. <laughs> um, and just. Favorite feels wrong, but like the moments of being with Marco as he spirals, like mm-hmm. those short little chapters or sections where we're right with him in his headspace. Mm-hmm. And like, to be fair, I feel the declaration about the clear white line A to B might be a favorite, mm-hmm. like that crystallization yeah. of understand, of him understanding and it make it clear to the readers who he is and why he is it, why mm-hmm. he does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I think mine might be the Marco Axe Tobias, uh, scene, uh, in Visser One's office where they're like negotiating mm. with Visser One. That um, is such a good scene because I feel like we get a really good look at all of them and where they're at. Mm. Mm. Um, and then followed by the bright, clear line monologue is. Chef's kiss for me. Um, did anything surprise you? Um, not necessarily. I don't feel like I didn't feel like caught off guard or oh, like there were my like things. A moment that made me go, oh, was like uh, axe smack talking in <laughs> the most axe way possible. Um, Vessel one figuring out the kids are human mm. which is like i was like oh they went there mm-hmm. oh dang um yeah nothing really surprised me mm-hmm. um what about you anything catch you uh like oh it's this book like uh i knew so i always get this one in 35 mixed up um mm-hmm. but this one has to happen before 35, so I I don't have super clear memories of this, except for the bit where Visser 1 falls off a cliff. Mm-hmm. So I went into it pretty fresh, honestly, um, which was, was delightful. Um, but no, there wasn't anything that like really caught me off guard. Yeah. Uh, everything made sense? Yeah, I think so. As I said, we've talked a little bit about the plot contrivances as we went along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I said, not a lot going on in a good way. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I felt mm-hmm. fine. And essential Animorphs reading. Absolutely. Yep. No question. Yep. Assuming you can stomach the yes, just intensity of it, then absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Pay heed to our warnings. Um, yeah. It's... Uh... But it's good. It's essential plot, 
in the mm-hmm. overarching scheme of things and like the char- characterization wise uh, for what it does shows of Marco, but also like the way the group works mm-hmm. is just, yeah. Yep. 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 Good shit. Good shit. Was <laughs> <laughs> so much. <laughs> All right. All right. Is the My- next one bad? Light? What we what what what's the hint uh, on book thirty one? Thirty one. I don't remember a lot about the specifics about thirty one. I know in general what it is, and it it's a Jake book. It goes pretty intense into his family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember any specific things it is it is in a similar way to like this is the book of marco dealing with the fact that his mom is viscer one 31 mm-hmm. is jake dealing with the fact that tom is a controller yeah okay um cool, cool, cool. so we uh should have a guest for that one um i'll talk to you about it off mic um i love this this is a surprise i'm like Ook? yeah i kept meaning to tell you about it and then i kept forgetting every time i got to discord <laughs> be friends with people with adhd your life is full of surprises it's the best um, um all right but, then, then i yeah. guess well my co-host has been danielle uh, as always they inflict suffering on me suffering upon me <laughs> in the most loving of ways um, you can find them on the internet at redtailedhawk90 and their home podcast is the Room Where It Happened, an actual play podcast. And holy shit, their new season has just started. If I know when this episode goes out, <laughs> you need to get on board. Elder County is happening. Yeah. Do you know what that means? No. Should you wait, listen to find out? Yes. Room Where Pod <laughs> on Twitter. Get on board this with this new series now because it. I can tell it's going to be. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yes. I'm really excited bring, about bring, it. Bring, yeah, uh, I suppose urban fantasy, Monday Appalachia, mm-hmm. with an, possibly an Eldritch twist is the vibe. I don't know. Uh-huh. This might be. Oh, there is X. It's Elder County. That's the only base I have for yep. Eldritch Wind. There's mm-hmm. like good SCP vibes. Yep. If that's yep. something you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, new characters. There'll be nothing to catch up on. This is the time. This yes. is the time. The place is at Room Where Pod or yeah. Room Where It Happened on your podcatcher of choice. Yeah, we have a lot of. Um... Uh, we have three recurring guests doing the faction game that I'm really excited about, including Riley Lyra Hopkins, which if you don't know Riley, there's, there is a lot to explain about them. (laughs) They are (laughs) phenomenal, absolutely wonderful. And just come up with the unpredictable. Utterly, uh, most unpredictable, wildest shit that just somehow works perfectly. It's amazing. Um, uh, but anyway, my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. Uh, you can find them on their home podcast, Follow the Leader, uh, which has just recently started. It's season six. Uh, they recently... Uh, released the first of their recurring uh, storylines. I haven't listened to it yet because I'm super behind on all my podcasts, but I'm so excited to listen to it because it promises to be some good shit. I love 
these people in a movie baby i love these people i love what they do with their characters and i'm so excited to see what they do with those characters on like a longer scale it's gonna be amazing um Mm -hmm. You can catch this podcast at the uh, at Escafil Files on Twitter. Uh, join our Discord. The link is in the description. Um, we would love to have you, uh, especially come yell at us about this book. Um, I hey. always look forward to reading about everyone's thoughts and feelings. Um, and you can follow Dumb our... Hmm? We should mention Dumb Kids. That's yes. the other thing we do. Yes. Uh <laughs> Dumb Kids is the uh, Animorphs-inspired actual play podcast that we do um, based on a hack of Blades in the Dark that I wrote. Um, You can find Dumb Kids Playing Hero wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Check it out because it's honestly, it's some of the stuff that I'm the most proud of. Um, The story is really good. The characters are amazing. I'm so proud of everybody and how they're playing their characters and how they are approaching the material with like a genuineness and uh uh like a, a reality to it that is amazing like yeah there's some good goofs but also like there's some really good stuff in there um and check out our podcasting guild uh standing stones uh you can find us on twitter at stones underscore skin stones underscore oof Stones. I got you. Stones underscore standing. Thank there you. Um, or welcome. check out our Twitch, uh, <laughs> Standing Stones Prod. Um, we we do streaming there sometimes. Uh, definitely every Monday. Um, where you know a couple of our friends do 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 the video games. Um, but yeah. All right. This has All been right, book right, thirty. Right. Let's ah. let's do a clap. <laughs> Let's do a clap. Fifteen? Fifteen. <laughs>